Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Acts 4, 19 and 20 says, But Peter and John whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. A bit more on that in a few moments, but a true story, I believe, first. Uh, A very excited A passionate new young Christian, full of zeal and passion for the Lord, got into a fairly heated argument with a non-believer friend about the reality of God's existence and whether Christ rose from the dead. His friend questioned uh, the need for faith. He just was kind of trying to be all negative and the need to be following this Jesus. And uh, he said, it's a modern world, you know, we've got science, we've got relative truth. And the argument actually, you know, escalated to this point where we're in desperation to defend this newfound friend, Jesus, the new Christian, blurted out, oh, well, go to hell. There was silence, as you can imagine. And the two-parted company leaving the elephant in the room. (laughs) Um, But later on, hours later, the new Christian lay staring at his ceiling, praying, Lord, forgive me for my terrible outburst. Thinking he'd absolutely blown it with his friend and that uh, the friend, his friend would never talk. Meanwhile, his friend thought about those terrifying words, go to hell then, over and over again in his mind. He rang his friend, desperate to hear more about this Jesus and to get to know this Jesus. I believe that's a true story. But anyway, it's not actually how you do it. (laughs) It's really not Evangelism 101. It's not a textbook method of reaching others far from it. However, it does give hope to those of us who in our enthusiasm uh, to you know, reach others and share the gospel have made some big mistakes. You know, God can turn around our bloopers. He can turn and even use our failures for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because the most important takeaway from this, though, is that in order to fulfill the great mission that we know um, is uh, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, our faith is not to be lived out in isolation or in silence. The Great Commission won't happen if we stay silent. I once was invited up to the neighbors. Um, for a, a little little get together, neighbours thing, party, and and uh, Jenny and I went. We didn't our neighbour, and she had all her car enthusiast mates, and I got over to the side with the 
he tattooed on his arm. And I thought, hmm, pretty good clue as to what we could talk about. <laughs> so we got talking and, you know, of course I heard, you know, you don't put the hemi motor in the something or other and there's the double overhead and all this stuff. And uh, 20 minutes later, I'd almost regretted asking about cars. But anyway, isn't, isn't what people talk about a good indicator of their passion? The first 50 words out of someone's mouth is generally what they're passionate about. What do people hear when they get near us? What are some of the things we talk about? Are we excited to share stories of of good stuff and what God's doing and where we've been and what we were involved in? Just feel free to go out and tell your stories from the weekend at, at your workplace. I'd really like you to leave today excited and determined to speak out the truth, to share the gospel and join Peter and John in saying, for we cannot stop speaking. We can't help ourselves. We cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. So today we're in Acts 4. We're moving through Acts. We're up to Acts 4. And it begins with Peter and John receiving opposition. Surprise, surprise from the Sadducees, for the praiseworthy miracle in Acts 3, verse 7. And this miracle caused quite a stir. So to gain some context for today's key verse in recap, as Peter and John were on their way to the temple, they came across a man who asked for arms and got legs. Uh, that was supposed to be a joke. Um, <laughs> But anyway, Jenny's going to fill us in, so Jenny's going to read that, that portion right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Thanks, Jen. Cool. At first it seems amazing that Jesus never healed this man. Acts 3 verse 2 tells us that he'd been crippled since before birth and that every day he was carried to his spot, his patch, to beg at Gate Beautiful, presumably by, by his family or, or committed friends, because there were no benefits and no work for cripples in his culture. He owned, his only option really was to beg. You know, there was no other, other way of earning a, a keep. Jesus, you know, Jesus went that way often. But you see, the Holy Spirit never prompted Jesus to heal this man. 
Knowing God's timing is so important. Whatever your need is today, just know that Jesus has noticed you. He's not too busy or preoccupied to heal. You know, sometimes it's just simply not God's timing. Jesus knew his disciples' day would, would come and that they would pass this man and that on that day, Father God would be glorified through them. The miracle healing opened the door to yet another great sermon by Peter with the result that 5,000, and it actually says men were believers that day, so it could have been another two or 3,000 women, children, but 5,000 men were added that day in Acts 4.4. As I said, Jesus knew to obey that still, small voice and to wait for a greater impact, a greater result. Isn't that cool? You know, the, the timing wasn't right. He is constantly turning what looks bleak to us into a greater breakthrough, a greater result. Just have to get the timing right. We simply need to be patient and wait on him and ask for that filling of the Spirit to be in the right place at the right time. And hey, we're not always going to get it right. So the miracle opened doors and hearts for a sermon that led to 5,000 salvations. Wow. Could we believe for a mighty breakthrough in the spiritual to come out of this world epidemic? Can we do that? Can we believe for a mighty breakthrough in the spiritual? Is this our moment to speak up? I believe it is. Who loves stories of great courage and breakthrough? Yeah. Who loves people getting saved and set free? Yeah. Who loves trouble and conflict? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Not many of us. You see, when we speak truth, uh, we can expect opposition. One, once, way back, we, we did a little coffee bar in Waihee on the beach in a little scout hall there. I think I've told part of the story before. But anyway, the, one of the guys on the committee or the town council or something was determined to stop us. And he came to us and said, you haven't got a steriliser. I don't think that had been invented then. But anyway, you haven't got clean cups. So someone, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, let's go and buy paper cups. <laughs> we were back in business the next night. <laughs> so when you step out, you say things for God, you share the gospel, there will be opposition. Yeah, while we remain quiet and apathetic to need, there doesn't seem to be too much real trouble. But when we say with boldness, we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard, literally all hell breaks loose. When Jenny and I took up the challenge of a pastoral call on our lives, we couldn't have foreseen the journey ahead. And along with the many, many great moments we have experienced, we've known many trials and setbacks. We've had people issues, health issues, been misunderstood, you know, criticised, 
by family and friends. The list goes on. But would we change a single day? No way. Because of the joy inexpressible of serving such an amazing God who has our back and we have decided we will not be shaken from the calling till he says so. So firstly, opposition will come when we make declarations for the Lord and advance his kingdom, taking ground from the enemy. I said a few weeks ago, the kingdom is built on declarations. We speak things into being. Our mouth is important. Secondly, when we speak the truth and share the gospel, it causes us to question our foundation. Something in us says, oh, am I living this? Am I okay? Is my foundation all right? And it challenges some of our value systems. It challenges what we've been taught. It challenges to take us a, a stock take on our attitudes because we don't want to be fake and, you know, being out there and then at home it's all shambly, eh? Things don't seem so important until we step out and boldly proclaim Acts 4.12. A lot of you will know this. An awesome, awesome declaration. There is salvation in no one else. Um, by which we must be saved. There is salvation in no one else. no other name under heaven that is given among men by which we must be saved. Amen. So what we see, you know, in our values and attitudes and that, it does depend really on where we stand. And so we got to guard our opinions. Opinions are powerful. So we need to guard them closely and surrender them to God and to Christ. And, and then in his prompting, then in, when he prompts us, share them. Because they're powerful for good as well as bad. Share them with those that he directs. You know, be careful who you say the, 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 your strong opinions to. With the right spirit at the right time. Ephesians 4.15 says we've got to speak the truth in love. Don't be an egg. We are to grow up in all respects under him who is the head even Speaking the truth in love makes us grow up in Christ. You know, it's easy, really easy, to put ourselves down. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, I could never speak out. Oh, it's not my thing. You know, no, I just clam up, don't know what to say. You know, don't put yourself down. You're limiting the gospel by. By, by saying you're not enough. By not enough, you're not enough. Don't allow your insecurities to stop you speaking out for Jesus. Don't blame the enemy on this one. <laughs> You've got to overcome that thing. The disciples, you see, were uneducated in. They were reminded of it often. And as fishermen, they were kind of almost considered the lowest of the low, along with sort of shepherds and other guys who'd never been to school. 
And the disciples, they just blew everyone away in the book of Acts because they were considered this low kind of standing, but with Jesus as their foundation, they had Holy Ghost power. And it's upside down. Having been with Jesus, verse 13, Acts 4.13, having, they were recognized as having been with Jesus, they were filled with power. Sadducees were just absolutely astonished. They were, they were upstaged. Uh, they didn't believe in the resurrection. This life was it for them. Power, importance, prestige, the best seats, the best place at the banquet. This was it. And here's these guys. They don't, didn't even go to school. And they're changing the world. Professional jealousy kicked in. They thought they had all the authority in Scripture. I probably shouldn't say this, but you always get those people when you're stepping out that just have a Scripture, why you shouldn't, you know. <laughs> but they couldn't deny the miracle power of these men on the, and, and the power on these men. So only uh, um, a short time in their presence, um, they, re- they could recognize these guys have been with Jesus. In some ways, that was like a compliment. Where does your confidence lie? You know, Don't be intimidated by titles. Hold on to who Jesus says you are. And boldly speak up for him and share the gospel. He promises to help those who do that. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll be at your side. I'll give you the words. Don't say you can't, because you can. Do others recognize you as having been with Jesus? Because once you have, just step out. Take some risks. Tell fear where to go. Worry less about what you can't do and more about lives being lost for all eternity if you don't. Finally, we need godly wisdom. You know, great to have the passion. Great to be able to withstand opposition. Great to know where your foundation lies. But you still got to add wisdom when you speak. Proverbs 11.30 says, He who is wise wins souls. I love that verse. It's actually a double meaning. Because if you're wise, you're going to want to win souls. And to win souls, you've actually got to be wise. So it's sort of like this double meaning. I like it. <laughs> Along with our passion and zeal, we need wisdom. There are some no-nos, though, that we need to be aware of when we speak truth. See, Peter got it right through the power of the Spirit because he deflected all the glory into Christ but was still straight up with people. Let's just read Acts 3, 16 and 17 to refresh our memory on their little 
I know, this is part of the sermon, I know that you acted in ignorance. That's wisdom, see? Just as your rulers did also. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ should suffer, he has fulfilled. He was straight up, but he had wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, his respect and honor for his, his Christ, his Jesus, motivated Peter's teaching, not results. He didn't care. He just was going to preach the gospel and, and honor God with it. The results, God. And when we share the gospel then, so let's be aware of these I call them extremes to avoid. Wisdom should warn us that the first no-no is to be a people pleaser. See, if we go on sin in order to gain converts and don't tell them about sin, we don't tell them to repent, then we weaken the gospel in order to make, to make it fit or acceptable to a broken person or society. All we need to do is simply explain God's perfect plan and perfect standard that we've all fallen short of, his salvation plan in love, and allow the Holy Spirit to convict the person of their shortcomings, leaving all the results to God. And I remember an old mentor of mine saying, and then you just pray like mad. The next no-no that's unwise and turns people away is to use ineffective methods. So do some research. Learn. Get some training. Don't use cliches. And don't be too long-winded or display cultural insensitivity. And the final no-no when we share the gospel, maybe it'll be this week, let's hope it is for you, or maybe today, the final no-no when we share the gospel is to come across superior, super spiritual or self-righteous, you know, people see straight through that. When we speak truth, it needs to come from the heart. It needs to be real. And we need to have been with Jesus. Amen. Even the hardest Sadducees recognized that these men had hung out with Jesus and that was because he was alive, resurrected. They didn't believe it. But they couldn't have done what they did without his, his help inside them, living in them. You see, modern cultures seeking authenticity. The world is looking for us to be consistent, genuine, and kind. Three fairly rare gifts, even though we talk about it. You go the wrong way around a roundabout, <laughs> you'll find out. No, don't do that. <clears throat> All right, while preparing this, I got a revelation that, um, of how significant that day that day that Peter and John healed that man was. I'd, I'd never really thought it was that big a deal. Um, my bad. But 
I've just had this revelation of what that day really meant for the church. It really established the church that day. Three miracles happened on that day in Acts 3. First, a man crippled from birth received full healing. No small thing. That day causing many to believe. Second, Peter fully overcame the fear of man that he'd struggled with, even as, as recently as the cross. That day, he found his foundation and fully stepped into his calling, boldly displaying what someone could do in the spiritual realm once filled with the Holy Spirit. And despite his education, despite being looked down on, despite all his past mistakes, the Holy Spirit broke the power of darkness inside and around him. And thirdly, the greatest miracle of all, 5,000 people were born again. That is the greatest miracle of all, to be born again spiritually of the, uh, in, with the power of God entering your life. Don't ever think that just salvation is somewhere along the line towards, you know, the bigger, better things. Salvation means we're rescued from the domain of darkness. We've been transferred into the kingdom of light. It is mind-blowing. Without Christ, impossible. Yeah. We can't save a single person. It's God's work. Tell them that it's available. That day, 5,000 people came to Christ and were transferred from death to life. This was truly an awesome day, amen? And it's just reconnected me with this whole story. What about us? Could we be living in that day? Could this be our that day that changes our heart forever? And delivers us into the pres into you know his presence forever. If you haven't met Jesus before, this could be your that day. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Tomorrow technically never comes. Because tomorrow, tomorrow will be tomorrow. <clears throat> Does that make sense? No, not really. <laughs> anyway, could this be our that day? God turns the impossible into the possible. Finally, could this be our day, that day, that we decide we cannot stop speaking what we've seen and heard? People's eternities are depending on it. They're depending on us speaking truth. They're depending on us sharing the gospel and making powerful declarations which build the kingdom. For our God, I believe that this is our, that day, our moment in history. Let's not miss the Spirit's call. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss this chance. People are asking. They're questioning. They're, they're worried. There's fear. Is, this, is it going to take us all out? All these things just be Jesus to them. Share the gospel. Imagine if every one of us led one person to Jesus this week. 
transform our community, wouldn't it? So speak truth, share the gospel, declare kingdom values, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for this wonderful story that you've uh, shone a a spotlight on for me, for my heart, Lord, to see that it's these moments that establish things in the kingdom world, Lord, that uh, when we speak under your we can see things happen. And even if we don't see them in our lifetime, Lord, you will plant those seeds, water them, grow them, and be reaping them forever. So God, we just give you thanks for this opportunity, this gift, our, our mouth, to speak, to share. And thank you, Lord, that we hold, hold the ultimate truth, and that truth is a person, that's you, Jesus You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You are truth personified. Hallelujah. We love you for that. Thank you, Lord. Go with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.